We'd like to thank Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for helping to underwrite the Building Through Him podcast. In the last year alone, Notre Dame FCU served more than 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. Learn more at NotreDameFCU.com. Hello, welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I'm Mary Jo Parrish, founder of Kingdom Builders, and today's episode is The Voice of Love. And just so you know, you are always loved and you are always welcome here. So we like to start off with some funny stories because we need more laughter in our lives. My oldest son, Father Logan, is assigned to Goshen, Indiana, and so I took my four youngest to go visit him there. And we went to Mass and looked around and had some coffee and He said, I don't really know what else to do with the kids, mom, because there's not much to do here. And I said, well, Shipshawana is not too far away. And I hadn't been there in years. It's like a little city that there's a lot of shopping and some Amish, cool Amish things there. And so we decided to go over to Shipshawana and check it out. And men just in general don't do well shopping. And even though he is now a priest, he would definitely still fall into that category. And add to that, it's super hot. And four kids on top of it. So we go over there, we take the kids around, and it's burning hot. And he's in his full dark clerics. And we finally get to a restaurant, and we're so hot and thirsty. So the Amish lady brings us this lemonade. Of course, she's trying to figure out, like, what's this priest doing with these other people? Like, you can tell she's kind of figuring out. But she seems pretty irritated with our existence, which is fine. So we smile, say thank you, and we're drinking this lemonade. It tastes wonderful. And at one point in time, Logan like reached forward and pulled back and knocked his entire full glass of lemonade on himself and me. And by that point, we were like, we weren't hot anymore. We were definitely cooled down, but we were like laughing and cleaning it up. And the Amish waitress comes back out and she's really irritated with us at this point. And we're apologizing over and over, all these towels trying to clean it up. And she walks away and then Adelina reaches over and spills this bottle of coffee-flavored root beer, tips it over, and it also squirts all over Father Logan. So he now is covered in lemonade and root beer. You know, these are the benefits of being in a large family, I think, for our priests. I mean, it was good for him. And so the Amish waitress comes back, and she's like, are you kidding me? And we're like, we're so sorry, and cleaning it up, and I'm not even kidding. It wasn't even, I don't know, five minutes later, Adelina reaches us across the table to grab the ranch dressing and knocks over another full glass of lemonade. And we like we are laughing so hard. We're just crying. And we cannot ask that Amish waitress for any more towels. And I'm like, Adelina, go to the bathroom and get a bunch of paper towels. So she comes back with these like brown flat towels that absorb nothing. And we try to clean it up as best as we can. And the Amish waitress comes out and she's like, and she just kind of smiles at that point because I think she just felt bad for us at that point. You know, like all her irritation was gone. And then we, we ate and then we left. And then as we were, and we gave her a very large tip. But as we're walking out, like our shoes were like stuck to our feet, like our flip sides, they were on, like sticking. So we like the whole rest of the time we were like super sticky. We call those moments cella boosters for Logan. I'm like, honey, this is another cella booster. So he's very grateful. He has the vocation that he does. Another funny story, we went camping, and I'm a firm believer in that you either love black licorice or like black jelly beans, or you hate it. It's one or the other. So I am a hater. If you're a lover, so sorry, but I think it's disgusting. But when we go camping, I'll buy like some like 
fun foods that I don't normally buy. And so I bought these things called Scotty Dogs. I've never heard of them before, but it says like flavored black licorice, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my husband loves black licorice. This would be something fun for him. And so we're sitting in the camper and I asked my four and six-year-old, I'm like, you got to try daddy's Scotty Dogs. And they're like, I don't think so, mom. They smelled them. I don't think it's a good idea. And I was like, we have to try it. You might like it. And so my four-year-old takes a bite. He starts chewing and immediately spits it all out. It just like goes right down his, I would like, can you lean over? No, he just goes right down his chin, down into his shirt. He was so horrified by the taste of it. Of course, we cleaned him up and we're laughing. And then my six-year-old Joseph tries it and he tries it immediately starts dry heaving. <laughs> Can you make this up? Starts dry heaving and then says, well, I guess we know what dog tastes like. It's like, yep, that's what dog tastes like, like black licorice. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness. Behold, from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear Him. He has shown might with His arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry He has filled with good things, the rich He has sent away empty. He has helped Israel, His servant, remembering His mercy, according to His promise, to our fathers, to Abraham, and to His descendants forever. Amen. So in Kingdom Builders, we always talk about our foundation. The first thing we do is we pray for a minimum of 10 minutes a day. No matter what's happening in our life, we make sure that we are allowing ourselves, we are open to the Father's love for a minimum of 10 minutes. We go to church on Sunday, right? It's a divine commandment. And then we're staying in a state of grace. And then we build ourselves, build others, and build the church. So today we're talking about the voice of love. So we know we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? all three persons of the Trinity. And we also know in scripture, it continually uses another name for the son. So we have the father, the son, another name for the son. And you might be thinking, oh yeah, the son's name Jesus. You're right. I'm not talking about that. It starts with a W. What word does scripture use for the son that starts with a W? Let me read this. This is from John and see if you can figure it out. In the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through Him, and without Him, nothing came to be. You heard it, right? The Son, and the synonym for Him, is Word. Another synonym, Jesus. Son, Word, Jesus. All the same person. So we know that baby Jesus, right, is born into a wonderful family in about 3 AD. The first time I heard someone say 3 AD, I was like, I thought it was zero. No, it's actually about 3 or 4 AD. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the father's only son. So Jesus comes to earth. He is fully man and fully God, not a little bit of one, a little bit of other, fully both. We call that the mystery of the incarnation, him being fully God and fully man. And we also know like, we're created in the image of God, right? We are the body of Christ. So if we know that Jesus is the living word and we are part of his body, then our own words are profoundly important. So I bet some of you have heard of these things called the Ten Commandments. Yes? Yes. 
we don't talk about them very much, right? We don't talk about them very much, but they're super important. And people get kind of defensive around them or, you know, don't want to apply them to their life. If we really being honest, the commandments are not a prison cell. They are not. They're a life jacket. If anyone has had kids, you know, well, maybe your kids are different. My kids hate life jackets. They're always trying to peel them off and they feel trapped and it's itchy and the strap that goes in between legs is never comfortable and they're constantly trying to get them off. But we know that if they don't have those on and they can't swim, they will die, right? And so our Lord gives us its commandments to protect us. They're not to keep us trapped. They're from the voice of love to keep us protected. So let's look at the commandments. The second commandment is You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. So what's that mean, to take the Lord's name in vain? It's to speak his name without thinking. Is it really that important? Like, it's the second commandment. Like, when God's giving his rules, the second rule is don't take his name in vain. It's pretty significant, right? So let's look at the Jewish people. That's where our ancestry comes from. Our roots in the Christianity are Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. The Jewish people don't even speak the name of God, Yahweh. They don't even speak it. It is too holy to be spoken aloud. And Catholics, to honor that, you may remember the song, Yahweh, I know you are near. They changed it to, Lord, I know, because they wanted to honor the tradition of the Jewish people that they do not speak Yahweh. So now it was taken out of our songs to honor that. However, our whole culture doesn't honor that. We are living in a culture that throws God's name around like trash. So when I'm praying with what the Lord decides the content should be this month, I had this idea to do a demon infomercial. The only problem is like I felt super sick to my stomach whenever I said the Lord's name in vain. So I asked my pastor, is it okay if I say this? And he said, yes, because you're doing it for teaching reasons. So I apologize if this bothers you, but it really kind of illustrates the point of the demons. So if the demons had an infomercial, it might sound like this. Add the holy name of God or Jesus to any statement to make it more passionate. Oh my God, did you see how pathetic she is? Add the holy name of God to let all around you know of your intense surprise. Oh my God, I can't believe it. But wait, there's more. Frustrated? Let everyone know by taking God's holy name in vain. Jesus Christ seems so ticked off. And if you think about that, you can see like, oh my gosh, not okay, right? Why? Why would Satan want to mock the holy name of God? Because he knows the power in us speaking the name of Jesus. He knows the power that we can bring forth because of it. You don't hear other religions talking if they get angry saying, dang it, Buddha. You don't hear that stuff, right? Because Satan doesn't bother to attack false gods. But we've become accustomed to hearing it in our culture. And so we forget the power in that name. One of my sons was in wrestling and at his senior year banquet, the coach came up to me and said, hey, Mary Jo, I want you to know that I don't know if he told you or not. Your son came up to me and told me that when I was screaming on the side of the mat, you know, like yelling at him and pounding the mat, that he was worried about my soul. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He said, coach, I'm worried 
about your soul because you take God's name in vain over and over. And I told him, I don't know what he's talking about. And he explained that when you say Jesus Christ, oh my God, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. I'll tell you, I've been doing this for 40 years. And that kid came up to me and told me that. And I didn't even know my words were sinful. And that's the case, is a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing it. We just get used to it. We get used to being surrounded by it. So we just add it to what we're saying. But if you were in a crowded place and someone screamed out your name, would you turn? You would, right? And those of us who have children, especially women, I don't know if it's the same for dads, but if I'm in a place, even if I know that I don't have any of my kids with me, when someone yells, mom, I turn. I can't, it's ridiculous. I turn. I hear when they say mom. If someone says something close to Mary Jo, I turn, right? And then in the same way, God hears us every single time we call his name. He hears us. This is from Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me the day I called. There's so much power in our words. There's so much power in the word, Jesus. And there's so much power in speaking his name. One of our builders is the attorney, and we were working on getting some things copyrighted. And I went to her house to meet with her, and we were kind of laughing and talking. And her two-year-old was on the ground playing with, like, cars. And at one point in time, I said, oh, my gosh. It was an SH, right? It was, oh, my gosh. And he got up from playing with his cars, came over to me and put his hand on my knee and said, we don't even want to be close to using God's name wrong. We only say, oh my goodness. Then he patted my knee twice and went back to playing his toys. I was like, man, I just got schooled by a two-year-old. It's just true. Like even adults don't understand the power of using God's name. And God desires us to not be afraid of using it, but actually to harness the power of using it. So we can use the power of our spoken word and the authority of the name of Jesus to break the spirits and lies of the enemy. So what's that mean? Anytime that we are thinking to ourselves, like or feeling like a spirit of unrest, the enemy trying to steal our peace and joy, God desires us to use our words and the power of his name to be liberated. Psalm 146, the Lord sets the captives free. We know demons cannot read our mind. It must be spoken, and when we speak it, it carries the authority of the king. So we know we renounce, we remove, and we receive. So we're actually going to try this out. One of the most common spirits that we renounce with people when we pray with them is unworthiness. So you're just going to repeat this after me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of unworthiness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of unworthiness. Jesus, please take this spirit and any related spirit. Jesus, please take this spirit and any related spirit. Father, please pour your blessing over me and fill me with your love, hope, and peace. Father, please pour your blessing over me and fill me with your love, hope, and peace. And then you're done. So you renounce it, you ask Jesus to remove it, and then you receive the Father's blessing. Renounce, remove, receive. So you're breaking that spirit, so it's unworthiness. And so whatever you ask the Father to fill you with, it's the opposite. So we did unworthiness, so we had the opposite of that, love, hope, peace. And then I always like to, to say, when I'm done renouncing, removing, receiving, 
Jesus, please pour your precious blood over me and seal in the healing you've done and will continue to do. Precious blood of Jesus is a huge gift, so just using it whenever is always good. So our words are not limited to helping us. They can also have a profound impact on others. In the book, Who Does He Say You Are? It's by Colleen Mitchell. The author discusses the shame of St. Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. So Elizabeth is married to a high priest, Zechariah. She's the daughter of a Levite, so that's a, like a tribe of priests. She's educated. She has this legacy of virtue. She has proper family heritage. And children were a sign of God's faithfulness, yet she had no children. The lack of fertility back then was seen as a woman's shame, and other women looked down on her. And we know today that infertility remains across for many women. But we also know that infertility is not due to a lack of faithfulness or holiness. Let me just say that again. Infertility is not due to a lack of faithfulness or holiness. Back then, they didn't understand medical reasons that, you know, someone might have low progesterone or polycystic ovarian syndrome or the man might have a low sperm count. They just assumed Elizabeth had done something wrong to warrant this lack of fertility. And their words hurt her. Elizabeth must have asked herself, did I mess up, Lord? Lord, do you not love me? But she just kept trusting God's plan. I trust God's plan. And in her old age, she conceived a son, John the Baptist. This is from the Gospel of Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. The moment the sound of her greeting entered her ear. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit at just the sound of Mary's voice. That's so cool. And those two pregnant women stood in the doorway, supporting one another and holding within their wombs all of salvation history. And when we have that faith and the voice of love to stand together, God's kingdom is brought forth. Our words, like Mary's and Elizabeth's, should reflect the love of God. When we speak, others should be able to hear His love through our voice. And speaking with the voice of love naturally comes from being loved. And sometimes it's difficult for us to speak in love. And that may be because we are not spending enough time with God and really hearing Him speak His love over us. So do we need our ears to be opened? This is from the Gospel of Mark. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ear and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephetha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were open. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. 
It's the only time recorded in the gospel that Jesus groans. He desires this man and all his children to hear. This is from Isaiah 50. The Lord God opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled. I have not turned back. Sometimes the voice of love is not just a male groan. It's a female guttural scream. My sister, many years ago, was in Walmart walking with her son, Jarrett, who was about two and a half, and he was right beside her. She said he had this cute little green jacket on and his brand new little shoes. He was all proud of himself. And she was walking along. He was right next to her leg, and she looked down. He was just gone. And she did, of course, the mother's panic. Jarrett! He's gone. He does not come out. So she's screaming for him. And she said, the first thing that happens is all these women come to support her. One is rubbing her arm saying, we're going to find him. We're going to find him. She said immediately she was sobbing hysterically. Someone comes out and said, we're doing a code at him. We're doing a code at him. You know, all these different things. But the women stood beside her and held her and someone out and hunted for him. And she kept screaming for Jared. And she said, she finally just calmed herself. And she was like, just start praying, Lord, help me, help me. And it popped in her mind how much she loved candy. That's a weird thing to pop in her mind. And she screamed out, Jared, mommy has candy. And then everyone looked at her like she was insane. And all of a sudden you heard this little voice said, And he had, like, pulled himself back in this ring of clothes and, like, worked his way in between the clothes so you couldn't see him. And so he comes out, and she's, like, holding him so tight and, like, hysterically crying. He didn't come out that whole time while she was screaming. And um, he's like, can I have my candy? She's like, you will be getting no candy. She, like, left the store. But she was traumatized. But she said, you know, reflecting on it now, the women that came to stand with her, that was super powerful. When we went camping, again, talking about camping story, there was a woman who lost her four-year-old little girl on the beach and her guttural scream, Vanessa, it was guttural. And even my son Logan said, I've never heard anyone scream like that before. And I thought for sure she had found her child dead. It was so guttural. And you see all these people get up, women get up and stand and support this mom and then they start sending out and start hunting for this little girl named Vanessa. What's her bathing suit look like? How old is she? What color is her hair? They start hunting out for the beach and they end up finding her down the beach. But women came to support that mom. And when we listen to that voice of love and stand together, God's kingdom is brought forth. And there's another mother out there who loves us this much, who calls to us. It's Mary. This is especially true with my teenage girls. If they're irritated with me, sometimes be like, okay, Mary Jo, rather than mom. And I could actually care less because it changes nothing. Whether you want to call me mom or not, it doesn't change the fact that I'm your mom. I love you. I will speak truth to you. I want to protect you. And it's the same way with Mama Mary. She's our mother. And whether we desire to acknowledge her as our mother or not, she still loves us. She wants to speak truth to us. She wants to protect us. This is from Revelation. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. So sometimes the voice of love comes through 
our Mama Mary, St. Louis de Montfort. One single sigh that she offers to the Blessed Trinity is worth far more than all the prayers, desires, and aspirations of all the saints combined. One single sigh that she offers to the Blessed Trinity worth more than all the prayers, desires, and aspirations of all the saints combined. And that is pretty inspiring, right? Why can't it just be the voice of Jesus, right? Why would Jesus want Mary to be calling out? Because when one mama calls out, people rise up. And when we embrace that voice of love and stand together, God's kingdom is brought forth. That's how God's kingdom is brought forth on earth. It always begins with the voice of love. And when we hear her voice of love and embrace her last words in scriptures, and when we embrace her last words in scripture, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. We become not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. This is from James. Humbly welcome the word that has been planted in you and is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourself. James gets a little sassy sometimes since he cracks me up. So we're not just called to to pray and just keep that to ourselves. The contemplation should naturally lead us to action. Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And when we act on what has been planted within us, the word that has been planted within us, it's incredibly powerful. And that's embracing the voice of love. And that calls us to acting in love. So sometimes what he asks of us might be easy. You know, write a letter of affirmation to your priests. And sometimes he's asking us something that might be a little bit more difficult. Use your words in my name to forgive that person who hurt you. In the name of Jesus, I forgive my second grade teacher for making fun of me for being a terrible speller. Whatever it is, the more specific you are in your forgiveness, the more powerful and more liberated you will become. Sometimes he might even ask us to use our words to lead people back to his arms of love. Perhaps we find a lost child. No matter what that child's age, that's God's child. We're called to lead them back to his arms. And so builders, let us build his kingdom And whether the voice comes as a groan, as a guttural scream, or a sigh of love, we are beloved children of a glorious King. And we are meant to stand together, raise our voices, and embrace the voice of love. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.